Warning, this podcast contains strong language, graphic nudity, and depictions of extreme stupidity and is meant only for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Or not, you do you. Welcome to the worst podcast on Mars, also known as Carolina Reaper. I'm Amanda. I'm sick of your bullshit (laughs) already. And this is the podcast where we talk music, and this week we're doing Red Hot Chili Peppers Californication. Before we get in that, I know you don't have any corrections because 10, 15, 20 minutes ago we literally just finished Ryan Carey's Daydream, so you haven't even had a chance to get off the couch and do anything different, so we're just moving on. Got it? Got it. Great. Good. So how are you doing this time? Great. This is the podcast where I talk about music and Evan literally just shows up, and, and you that's don't ask our new me how slogan. I'm doing. Evan, how are you doing? I'm doing swell. Great. Thank you for that. Um, this week, we're doing Red Hot Chili Peppers Californication. It was released June 8th, 1999, and is number 92 on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame list. You ready to get into this one? Sure. I was excited for this one. Um, so, Californication was the seventh studio album for the group, and according to member Anthony Kiedis, was all about the, quote, tales of wandering souls who've lost their way searching for the American dream in California. Californication was a turning point for the band. In the early 90s, Red Hot Chili Peppers topped the charts and were huge stars, but that star began to fade as the 90s progressed. This album changed all that, but it wasn't done without some major changes. Their guitarist, and I'm going to butcher the last name, and I apologize. John F. Do you know how to say it? Uh, I did at one point. Is it Fruscianti? I knew at one point. John F. Um, Kennedy. This is going to be a long night. He left in 92 while in the middle of a drug-induced spiral and in the middle of their tour for Blood Sugar Sex Magic. And before you say, is that also on this list? Yes, it's also on this list. Leave me alone. Replacing him with Eric Marshall, who was replaced by Jesse Tobias, who was then replaced by Jane's Addiction guitarist Dave Navarro. Navarro only stuck around for one album, which was One Hot Minute, and he was replaced by John F., who had kicked his drug habit reuniting with the original group. They spent the summer of 1998 rehearsing in bassist Flea's garage in order to prepare them for the studio sessions that would become Californication. Because of this preparation, they ended up recording about 30 songs in just one week. So, are you following that so far? Kind of. John F. out, four other guitarists in, John F. back. Good? Good. Good. So it was the original lineup after not having the lineup for a few years. This album also brought on a new sound for the group. The Chili Peppers were known for their party anthems that were heavy on the punk. However, well, no, that's, that word is not however, that word is here. <laughs> not even close. Here they focused on creating more straightforward pop songs that were about loneliness and remorse. They were more delicate and mainstream friendly. They had a more mature sound that still allowed them to have a punk feel to it, but was more of a funk rock sound that allowed them to also keep their interesting image. The inspiration for the lyrics came from Anthony Kiedis' personal life and the extremes he experienced as being part of a band, 
Robert ben- Benigni's. Oh. Benigni. It's B E N I G N I. Benoit. Roberto B's um, film Life is Beautiful, Drug Addiction, the, Star- the Dark Side of Hollywood, and A Surfing Trip. It also makes references to David Bowie's album Station to Station, Kurt Cobain, and the planet Alderaan from Star Wars. Fun fact, and this is my last little bit. The Chili Peppers tried to sue the producers of the David Duchovny show, also called, called Californication. However, I think that's a recent show. Mm-hmm. The producers were able to successfully prove that the term had actually been used as far back as 1972 and was not something the Chili Peppers came up with. So, it, I've been saying this a lot more that I've been struggling finding information. And we have one coming up that I have so much information. It's going to be a long episode. But some of these... And I, I break it down to right place, right time kind of thing. And that was essentially what this one was. It was a turning point where they, they changed their sound and it was more in line with what was popular at the time. They were huge at the beginning of the decade. And then remember, we had talked about how like grunge was coming in and dying and then alternative kind of came in and that's where they became huge. And we saw groups like the Smashing Pumpkins come in and Matchbox 20 come in all at the right time and they they had some turmoil within the group and they were trying to adjust and make it work and it just wasn't happening within those changes in the middle of the 90s they got the original guitarist back they worked some things through we're gonna get the band back together yeah it was the original lineup but different sound not completely different, not as extreme as we just talked Kiss and Music from the Elder, but a tweak that was different enough to make them popular again. So that is, that's where that one stands. But um, I think you'll f- figure out the, the answer to why is it on this list when I talk cultural impact and charting stuff. So do you have anything before I move on? Uh, I was going to ask you what year it was released because I didn't pay attention to that. Of course you didn't. 99. Because when you said it was the beginning of the decade, because I thought it was early, like 2000, 2001. Yeah. Well, and, you know, when albums are released, the singles write out for yeah, cause at by, least a year. Because By the Way was in 2002, and that may be kind of the time frame that I'm thinking of. Right. So it was October of 99. So it's probably, you know, into early... 2002 as it's do you say 2001 or 2002 by the way it was 2002 yeah so it might be early so it i mean every few months they're releasing another one so i i see that but blood sugar sex magic was early 90s so yeah that i think was 92 i think so. 91 91 but yeah so they have this huge gap but there was a lot going on. It wasn't just that they flopped. They flopped because they had other issues going on. It just wasn't, you know, Kiss's music from the Elder flopped because compared to the rest of it, everybody thought it was bad. But that wasn't necessarily what was going on here. It just, they they had a lot. There were other things happening. So shall I move on? Okay. So the title track sold 
more than 7 million copies in the U.S. alone. This album outsold their mega hit, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, to become their biggest selling album worldwide and peaked at number 3 on the Billboard Albums Chart. It has been certified platinum in the U.S., selling over 15 million copies across the world. It has also been certified platinum in Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and Japan, and certified gold in Britain. The singles released were Scar Tissue, which spent 16 straight weeks at number one on the Billboard Modern Rock Rock Tracks chart, and 10 weeks at number one on the Mainstream Rock Tracks chart. I'm going to interrupt you real quick. Of course you are. Well, you said last week that Mariah Carey was at 16 weeks at number one. On the pop charts. Okay. Because you just said this was 16 weeks at number one. Right. Um, but that's Rock Tracks chart. Okay. Is she causing more chaos? Yes. Okay. So, um, Other Side, which peaked at number one on the modern, modern rock chart, staying there for 13 weeks. Californication, Around the World, which peaked at number 7 on the modern rock and 16 on mainstream rock, and Road Trippin', which was only released in Europe. In the Pitchfork review I found, and this is the last thing I have, so again, another short thing, but I I think it really sums it up. In the uh, Pitchfork review I found, I reread his final paragraph, several times. It was interesting and I was really trying to understand where he was coming from. The author, who I I will credit in my sources, said, quote, basically the chili peppers are the closest thing we have to a Led Zeppelin today. If you want quality, commercial, Jeep stereo, headphones, stadium filling, champion rock that you can get behind, where else are you going to turn? Not to Eminem, you ain't. What do you think he meant by that? Like, all of that. What do you think he meant by that? Like, that that they were Led Zeppelin of the time. I have a feeling you're going to explain. I'm going to explain what I think, but I was asking you what you think. You care what I think? That's so sweet. And you're avoiding it because you weren't really listening to me. Prove it. Do you need me to say it again so you can pay attention? No. Just... So you're just not going to answer? Um, so his review came out in 99. So I think that he meant at the time, Chili Peppers were our Led Zeppelin. Big and popular arena rock that wasn't necessarily geared towards one particular audience. This album was just such a great one to rock out to that it appealed to a lot of people. Well, I think, now granted they had started to change their style, but you could have gotten that a little bit with the Black Album for Metallica, because that that's a dramatic change from Justice, mm-hmm. that it was a bit more radio friendly and then going to load and reload but did it play on pop charts and pop is short for popular music and it's like general well i know necessarily just rock i know but the black album should be on this list well metallica is it it's referred to as black album so we'll be able to check some of the charting information from that Mm um but a lot of the big like what you would classify as like the arena stuff mm-hmm. was 80s like you had the like the Def Leppard the Motley Crue but again you don't have necessarily a crossover to pop but it would play on regular stations not I don't think it would be specific I don't think it would just go specifically towards 
like the rock stations you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like i think photograph would be or like a journey but the journey is probably the closest because i think that's a lighter style that could cross over well this album compared to the rest of their stuff was a bit lighter that's what he means by okay. that. Yeah, it's... I mean, yeah, so some stuff... I just heard a song from Blood Sugar Sex Magic on Sirius yesterday. And I can't think of what it is. But it's it's one of their more famous songs from it. Um, But just having done this album recently and then hearing that just yesterday, I can tell the difference comparing them that close together. Give it away? Probably. Might have been. But... If you think of Californication and Other Side compared to Give It Away. Yeah, it's, it it's, is. Yeah. It's the best way I can describe it is more mellow. So that's what he meant by that. It's going to, it's calmer. So <laughs> calm it down. You, you know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's what I took away from it. So that's why I think they're on this list. I don't have a lot of every stinking article I read was about how Dave Navarro came in and shit just went sideways and then they brought back John F., not Kennedy, but the original guitarist of this band and and how they got their groove back together, like Stella, and they just, you know, did the damn thing. Is pretty much, and they really focused on, like, everybody was name-dropping Dave Navarro. Don't care. I wanted to know about this album. Yeah. And he didn't do anything with this album. So, it's, I think that's really... What it was is it, it kind of, and I hope you understand what I mean by this, it kind of brought the Chili Peppers, like, a new generation, almost a new generation, came to them. Yeah, and you can see a little bit about this after this with, by the way, because I think... But you see what I, I mean? Like, you have... A whole group. Take me, for example. So, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, you said came out in 91? Yes. I was... Math years old. (laughs) I was eight. I am not going to concerts. I am not really paying attention to what is on MTV and, and the radio really at eight years old. When this one comes out and is really popular, I'm going into my junior and senior years of high school. I'm more into music. I'm more into going to see things. You know, I'm getting ready. So I didn't go start seeing concerts until I was in college. But, you know, a lot of people in high school do go to concerts. Yeah. So this appealed to, I want to say, a whole new age group. You're bringing in new listeners. And they became huge. And I do remember, um, not the album after this, but the one after that, Stadium Arcadium. I vaguely when they had roller coaster of love that was in the Beavis and Butthead soundtrack. Like I remember that. Uh, is that the one with Danny California or something like that? I think I think so. that's a double album. So it's it it brought in a new audience. So it's I I can see why that's huge, and if you know if this reviewer is comparing them to Led Zeppelin, think of how huge Zeppelin was, and they were I mean. I'm not going to say Red Hot Chili Peppers were as huge as Zeppelin, but 
I think it drew a big audience and it was just the stuff that, you know, it, it, it attracted a similar audience that Zeppelin did and big crowds of a wide range of people that loved it. That's what I think. You're just staring at me. So I'm going to give you my sources so we don't have dead air. Thank you. So thank you too. How the Red Hot Chili Peppers Turned It Around with Californication by Ken Kelly, published June 8th, 2014 on ultimateclassicrock.com. Thank you to 24 years ago, Red Hot Chili Peppers released Californication by Chad Childers, published June 28th, 2023 on loudwire.com. Okay, why do I know that name? We've come across a few of his articles before. I've done Chad Childers. He's written for a couple articles for Loudwire that I've come across. Thank you to Californication, Red Hot Chili Peppers by Brent DiCrescenzo, published June 8th, 1999 on Pitchfork.com. I'm thinking Chad Channing. Sure. That That was a drummer before Dave Grohl for Nirvana. Sure, okay. Um, thank you to Jim Scott, recording Red Hot Chili Peppers Californication by Paul Tingen, published December 1999 on soundonsound.com. Thank you to How Red Hot Chili Peppers Got More Introspective with Californication by Radio X staff, published June 8th, 2023 on radiox.co.uk. Thank you to Red Hot Chili Peppers Californication album review by Jin, published one year ago on classicrockhistory.com. And thank you to The Story Behind Californication by Red Hot Chili Peppers, no author, published six years ago on steamit.com. So, that is it. And before you get into your reviews, I have a note. Okay. We didn't have access to the original album through Apple Music. There was a remaster version and a deluxe so I chose the deluxe for this. I think that I want to, when we start doing these, because we have had um, some listeners reach out and ask, you know, where do we find this music to listen to? Because I know, like, your mom was one when we did Joni Mitchell. She's like, where do you go to find this music? Because I want to listen to, you know, this and kind of, you know, follow, not necessarily follow along, but I, a lack of a better term. Um, so I want... If there are multiple versions available, I want to say, and I have done this in the past, but I want to say, like, this is the version we chose because I didn't want to necessarily do the remastered. I think that takes away from it, but the deluxe also might be remastered. I got confused. I picked the deluxe. Here we are. Give me your review. So we need to coordinate better. I'll say that much. Because you didn't do the deluxe, even though I told you we were doing the deluxe? No, because... I don't listen to you. I did the remaster version. Good job, Evan. Hey, it's the same songs. It's not like the we were talking about on Tuesday where it's music from the elders. It's it's in a completely different track list. No, it's the same it's the same stuff. I just didn't get the bonus tracks. I will listen to the bonus tracks at some point in the future when I add Chili Peppers to that whole music project. Okay. So I have a couple notes. Uh, I did actually keep stuff off of this one. Compared I'm not to, surprised. Compared to what we've done recently, this is mm -hmm. the first one in a while that I've mm -hmm. actually kept stuff off of. I kept three tracks. Do you have any guesses to what they are? Californication. That's one. Um, other side. That's two. Because that's how numbers work. 
And please hold. Um, Scar Tissue. Correct. Those are the three songs that I kept. Okay. Um, listening to this, and I understand that you're bringing up that it's a change in sound. I think I like the Chili Peppers, but I don't think I like this version of the Chili Peppers. Mm-hmm. Like, I like Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Yeah. And I like what little I've heard off of By the Way. But that's really the extent of what I know of them. You know, I've listened to the older stuff at one point. I don't like, like, the first two albums. Like, from what I remember, I didn't... I don't like anything before Blood Sugar when they got their shit together and figured everything out. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is... This is, is kind of like music from the Elder, where it's a, it's a completely different sound. Yeah. Than what you're... Than what normally it is. But it had a much different response. Than <laughs> yeah, people liked this one. People liked it when they changed their style. Mm-hmm. Um... I can get the appeal for more of a mellow style. I don't... I'd have to really sit down and read that paragraph, like you said, just over and over to kind of understand that. Because, like we've said, I just show up. Like, I don't have any of these notes, so I don't have any time to prepare for that. But, you know, I look at that in a little bit and be like, okay, well, because here's some other ones, like... um, like Creed, I know they're talking about doing a reunion, but they're it's a little bit heavier, but it's also more mainstream. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't know what classifies as pop and what classifies as rock. So that that's a whole And as time goes, I think that's harder and harder to figure out because I've talked to you before about um, the different radio stations we listen to at, at work. We have three major stations that we four major stations vinyl classic rock vinyl experience big classic hits and classic rock like those are the names of the stations a lot of them play the same songs and i got really upset the one day i heard green day on the classic rock station but it's those like that green day song used to be on like the mainstream pop station like the mix station out of toledo so it's i think it's as time goes on you know it's because it's not current pop it's going to be if it's popular and it's rock now it's going to be moved to classic rock after it turns so many years old which i'm not going to give it a number because the 90s the 90s were just 10 years ago so yeah, you the late 1900s. Shut your face. So, so sorry I interrupted you, but no, it's it's listening to it now and trying to think of how do you define something like this? Because, like I said, I like the older style better, mm-hmm. but I don't know if it's because right. that's and it's the... sorry, mu- music is still evolving. So at the time, it might have been classified as one thing. And now it's classified as something else. And in 20, 30 years, it could be classified as something different. Which I, I get that it keeps changing. But for a classification standpoint, I don't like that. You know, it's it's a little bit harder to 
realize what lane this should be in. Right. So I think, like I've said with Kiss, if you take it by itself, it's not bad. But when you compare it to the rest of it, it stands out. Right, right. So I think I'm going to like this album less than I like other Chili Pepper stuff. But that's not saying that I didn't care for the album. Mm-hmm. You know? And just by virtue that I've kept... This is the first one in a while that I've kept stuff off of. I have to give it a higher grade than what we've been running into. So I'll go to like a B plus. And I think that's fair. I think... I, I do that too with my letter grades. I mean... It's more than just does it sound good and can you appreciate it. It's like if you're keeping the whole album, how are you not going to give it an A plus? You know what I mean? Yeah. That that if you're going to keep it, keep some of the the music and come back to it over and over again, you have to give it a higher letter grade. Like I know, I know, just by tracklist alone, I'm going to give Blood Sugar Sex Magic a higher grade than this. Right. You know, just by virtue of that, I'm going to keep more off of it. Mm-hmm. Which means that that's a whole other thing for the music project is I can see like a percentage of albums that I've or percentage of songs that I kept. So I can go back and look at this and say, okay, this is, I like this album better. Why do I like this album better? You know, what is it about this? How do I go down this path? Right. How do I find stuff more like this? Yeah. So I think that's good. So, sorry, what did you give it? Like a B plus. B plus. Okay. You ready for mine? So it's a little bit, it's a little bit better than what we've been listening to lately, which I still like to stay in that in that range, unless it's, and I, I unless knew, it's very extreme, one end or the other. When I was planning these out and trying to kind of map some things out for a few months, I, I picked. So I know, what did we do before Boys to Men? I don't remember. Um. But I picked I picked Boys to Men and then I was did, it Matchbox Twenty maybe um, I did so I when I backing up a little bit I tried I like to get a wide variety of things so it's not just I I try to break it up so it's not all like men it's not all rock it's not you know so or not like, like the December where it's just all these Christmas albums right. it's kind of branch right. out so i picked boys to men and then when i saw mariah carey was on there i thought oh that would be a good connection because boys to men was on one and then we have um i picked this one because it's a different genre than those two i mean mariah carey and boys to men are kind of similar and then the one that we have coming up next week is another different genre and so I tried to like sprinkle in and, and mix things up so it's not constant, you know, like we could do an entire month of the Beatles. I'm not going to do that to either one of us and I'm not going to do that to our listeners. So it's, I, I knew you were going to like this better. So I'm really not surprised with what you kept or, or how you feel about it. I'm happy that you did keep something from it because I think, I think Red Hot Chili Peppers is one of those like guilty pleasure isn't the right word for it but you i think most people know more than what they realize and like more than what they realize so proud of you gold star gold star okay you ready for mine no okay i'm gonna go 
I was really looking forward to this one, which should be no surprise for how many cues were in that really. Six. Um, I am very familiar with the singles from Californication, and I know some of their other stuff as well, but never listened to an album as a whole. When I was getting things set up for the next run of albums, I wanted to do this one now for a few reasons. I wanted an album that was more on the punk side, and we're going to do Blood Sugar Sex Magic for Halloween this year. Okay. Um, so I wanted to do this one close so that we can compare it. Yeah, you have a kind of like what we were talking about, where uh, Alice Cooper interviews Days, and you know if we're gonna if we're gonna go back to them later, right. or like we said, Iron right. Maiden, and we we're thinking about maybe going back to that at some point soon. Right. So that's why I wanted it here. I didn't, and I didn't want it in September being too close. I wanted a little bit of a gap so we can come back to it, but it was still relatively close to still be fresh so i remember these songs when they came out and i remember seeing the videos people dressed like them at school they were huge but i didn't realize that it almost never happened for them even though they had been around for a long time prior to this it was this album that brought them to my orbit but sadly, like so many others from this list we've come across, they also fell off my radar just as quick. Right off the bat, the... Fuck. Right off the bat, the album brought me back. The opening licks in Around the World are still so amazing. I didn't hesitate to add it. Like, I heard maybe 10 seconds of it and boom, I added it. Of course, I love Scar Tissue and Other Side and Californication. I loved them then. And I still thought they were so great today. I wasn't so familiar with the rest of the album, but was pleasantly surprised with how many songs I added before they were even finished. Take Porcelain, for example. Once it started, I didn't think I was going to like it because of how slow it was compared to everything else. But as I listened, I thought it was so beautiful and I kept it. However, like some other albums we've done, I thought the first half was so much better than the second. As a whole, it was good, but as it progressed, I was actually starting to get disappointed that I didn't keep more of it. Based on my earlier surprise, I thought I was going to end up liking more of it, but I didn't. It wasn't terrible for a whole run-through, but I just didn't care for most of the album. Um, but I kept Around the World, Parallel Universe, Scar Tissue, Other Side, Californication, Porcelain, and Savior, and I gave it a B plus. You counted? How many was I th- that? I think that was seven. So that's a pretty good chunk. So it's just interesting that you can keep Double Me and we still think it's the same kind of album. Yeah, but the reason I only gave it a B plus is even though I kept a lot. It fell off. I Well, that and I already knew Around the World, Scar Tissue, Other Side, and Californication. So really, I only added three new songs. I mean... I didn't have some of those in my library already, so I needed to add them. But it was that was more of a, you know, like we talked in, I think, Mariah Carey's, I forgot about it, so I went back and I added it. So really, had I already, because I did like those songs already, you know? So it would be, I'm really adding just three A couple songs, ones. yeah, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, if, it, if I would have done this blind for the first time and added that many, I would have given it an A. Absolutely. Okay. So, but yeah, that and, and like you said, the, the back half kind of fell off. So, 
that is my very long-winded review, and I can tell you're getting sleepy, so I'm going to hurry this along and not even ask you. Oh, you're just getting bored with what I have to say. Yes, I'm bored of you. Okay, so final thoughts. As a whole, I was surprised that I kept as much as I did. At first, I thought I was only going to keep those big um, three from this, the scar tissue, other side, and Californication. And like I said, after starting it, I was then expecting to keep more and was disappointed that I didn't. I don't know much from them, but I am looking forward to Blood Sugar Sex Magic when we get there in October. I'm sure I'll find more I like. Yeah, I I looked at the track list briefly. It looks like it's 17 tracks. I could tell you just by name alone. And it was also on Rock Band, Mm -hmm. so I know more of them from that way. I'm going to keep at least... 60% 60% of that album. And I'm sure I, I, I have a feeling it's going to be very similar to this where I'm going to add songs that I've already liked, but I'm looking for new. So it's I'm very interested. I'm very happy for this one. I wanted to do this one last Halloween, but I got vetoed. So and, and because there's only two people on this podcast, that means you vetoed me and I don't know how that works. So we're doing it this year. But okay, Evan, let's get into... Uh, birthdays oh so you mean i actually gotta open my eyes now and pay so attention to things the, the august 11th august 11th mike hug with two g's drummer and founding member of the 1960s group manfred Mand, manfred man who had the 1964 uk and u.s number one single do wah diddy diddy dumb diddy do 37 42 god really I mean, yeah. 1960, that would only make him 18. 1960s. Well, we were talking about last week, uh, Cavalera from Sepultura was 15 when the band formed. Mm. So That's how math works? Yes, apparently. Jim Kale, bassist from Canadian rock band Guess Who. I always thought it was The Guess Who. Who had the 1970 US number one and UK number 19 single... Lenny Kravitz is American Woman. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not the actual name of the song. Um, 48. 43. Oh my god. You're not doing so well. I used all of that for the last episode when I was pretty close on all of them. Kenneth Gamble, who was part of the American songwriting and production team with Leon A. Huff is credited for developing the Philadelphia soul music genre, also known as Philly Sound, of the 1970s. In addition to forming their own label, Philadelphia International Records, Gamble and Huff have written and produced 175 gold and platinum records. 48. 43. Seriously? Isn't that literally what just happened? Deja vu of me here. Dennis Payton. 43. Sax. From English pop rock band Dave Clark Five, who scored the 1964 UK number one single Glad All Over and the 1965 US number one single Over and Over, plus over 15 other UK top 40 singles. That shit eating grin on your face tells me it's either 43 or 48. Which one is it? 19. Evan. What is your answer? 48. 43. <laughs> Bill Hurd from English pop band The Rubettes, who had the 1974 UK number one single Sugar Baby Love. Is this 43? 
It's 48. 40, 40, 40, 48. 43. Evan, what is it? What is your answer? 45. 48. <laughs> I hate you so much. Oh, I know. That's why I did it. Eric Carmen, American singer, songwriter, guitarist, and keyboardist, who with the Raspberries had the 1972 U.S. number no. 5 single, Go All the Way, and the 1976 solo U.S. number no. 2 single, All By Myself, plus other hits with She Did It, Hungry Eyes, and Make Me Lose Control. Which I think I know one of those, but I don't remember. I think I know a cover of it, but I don't remember who covered it or where I've heard it. I know Hungry Eyes. and um, I think I know All By Myself. Yeah. Um, we talked about that not too long ago. I don't know. I don't know. Um, 52. Is it 48? 49. <laughs> Eric Braun with two N's. Guitarist from American rock band Iron Butterfly, who had the 1968 U.S. number 14 single. What was this song? In a Gata de Vida. 1968 album is among the world's 40 best-selling albums, selling more than 30 million copies. Which, side note, the album is not that good. That song is good. 50. 50. Oh, good. Finally got one right. Alan Frew from Glass Tiger. 1986 UK number 29 single, Don't Forget Me When I'm Gone. 53. 59. Saboteur. Yes. Andy Bell, guitarist, singer with Ride, with Ride, who had the 1992 UK number 9 single, Leave Them All Behind. Also a member of Hurricane Number One, Bell joined Oasis's in 1999. Um, sixty-four. Seventy. Ooh. Here's a name you might actually know. Ben Gibbard, singer with American band Death Cab for Cutie. I do know that he was married to uh, Zoe Deschanel for a while. I think. 2008 U.S. number one album, Narrow Stairs. 78. 76. So you're doing... Don't. I was trying to make you feel better by saying <laughs> you weren't terrible. But fine, we'll just move on to In This Day. Okay. For August 11th. Elvis Presley's double-sided hit, Don't Be Cruel slash Hound Dog, was released. Single went to number one on the U.S. chart. Where it stayed for 11 weeks, a record that would not be broken until... The Beatles. 1992. With the Boys to Men hit End of the Road. Okay. 1962. Neil Sadaka, I think that's how you say it, mm-hmm. started a two-week run at number one on the U.S. singles chart with Breaking Up is Hard to Do, which he's full of shit because it's just get the fuck out of here. His first U.S. number one as an artist. It reached number seven on the U.K. chart. The high numbers played at the Railway Hotel in Harrow, England in 1964. Just before the band were due on stage, the singer's father-in-law came into the venue and dragged the singer outside and hit him. The band started their set and he appeared back on stage after the fight. The high numbers later became, later changed their name to what? Who, who did they become? Who? The Who. The Who. 
1966, at a press conference held at the Astor Towers Hotel in Chicago, John Lennon apologized for what remark? Uh, we're bigger than Jesus. More popular than Jesus. Than Jesus. Look, I wasn't saying the Beatles are better than God or Jesus. I said Beatles because it's easy for me to talk about the Beatles. I could have said TV or cinema, motor cars or anything popular, and I would have gotten away with it. In 1969, 350 special guests were invited to see Motown Records' new signing play at the Daisy Club in Beverly Hills, California. Is that Jackson 5? Jackson 5. They did that in the movie that I watched 800 times. Probably not an exaggeration. In 1979... Led Zeppelin played their last ever UK show when they appeared at uh, Nebworth House in England. Can you name any of the songs on the set list? Stairway. Stairway's one. I want three more. Ramelon. Not on this list. Um, immigrant Song? Oh Not on this list. Okay, I'm going to say Stairway and Stairway. Stairway. Black Dog. Cashmere. Rock and roll, whole lot of love. Whole lot of, I, I, there was one I, th- I knew started with a W and I couldn't think of it off the top of my head. 1984, this, okay, I'm going to give you information and I want you to tell me who it is, okay? okay? Started a three-week run at number one on the U.S. singles chart with this theme from a film. He was a session guitarist for Stevie Wonder and Marvin Gaye. And he was accused of plagiarizing the melody from a Huey Lewis and the newest Huey Lewis and the News song, "I Want a New Drug," resulting in Lewis suing this artist, and they settled out of court in '85. Is that Luther Vandross? No. Who is it? I'll give you the movie. Okay. Ghostbusters. Oh shit! What's his name? Um. Darth Maul. Ray Park, Jr. Parker. Parker, Ray Parker Jr. Jr. 1999, this band arrived on Hollywood Boulevard to unveil their star on the Walk of Fame, released over 30 albums, and sold over 80 million records worldwide. And we just talked about them not too long ago. Rolling Stones? No. Kiss? Kiss. In 2011, American group The Go-Go's received the what number star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame? Uh, rose to fame in the early 80s and were the first and to date only all-female band that both wrote their own songs and played their own instruments to top the Billboard albums chart. Which is a surprising because of the, you think the Runaways might have. 836. 2,444. Oh, damn. I was going to guess in the thousands and I thought that might be too high. <laughs> okay, we'll do one more and it's another guessing game. This was, he was named, okay, this person was named Britain's most influential artist of the past 50 years in the Sky Arts list for his ability to trans, to transcend music, film, and fashion. And I will give you other musicians in the list. Okay. Spice Girls, Elton John, and Boy George. So it's not one of those three. I was going to guess Elton John, so I'm going to say David Bowie. It is Bowie. And that is all that I have to say about that. Good, because it's getting late. We have another episode to record. So let's clean this up. Let's scoot. Let's get going. Okay, so 
Thank you for listening. You can find us on Instagram at Worst Pod on Mars and Facebook at Worst Podcast on Mars. Send us an email, worstpodonmars at gmail.com. Stop by, say hi, tell us what you like. Politely tell us what you don't like. Um, send us a suggestion for these for an album because on Tuesdays we do these small um, reviews days episodes where we give you a few facts. Not we. I give you a few facts about an album and we do, we, yes, we do our reviews on it. But come back next week when we're going to do Boston's self-titled album. Chicago. Chicago. (laughs) Boston. Okay, bye.